Want the reward? Do the damn work. Challenge yourself. Inspire change. Choice, not luck. Good afternoon, everybody. Todd Crandall with another episode of Ignite Euphoria, and I am pleased to have one Kelly O'Mara with us today. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to have the roles reversed. You interviewed me a while ago for triathlete, and now I'm doing it uh, for Racing for Recovery. For sure. Um, So... You are a couple things I just want the listeners to know right off the bat. In addition to being an awesome person, you are a, what is it, the editor-in-chief? Is that the correct title? Yes, yes. Okay, I had to get the chief in there, right? (laughs) Right, right. That's the key part. (laughs) Right. The editor-in-chief for the head honcho at Triathlete Magazine, which is awesome. And you are a triathlete yourself. Yes, definitely. Okay. So we got both of those covered. Um, What do I want to start with? Let's talk about, well, let's talk about your position at Triathlete Magazine and what that entails. Sure. Uh, So Triathlete um, has been around for a long, long time, almost since the sport started. Uh, But at this point, we're part of a a much larger company. We're part of Outside, which owns Outside Magazine, um, which a lot of people know, obviously, we also, the comp, the larger company owns Velo News, which a lot of people are familiar with, uh, Trailburner Magazine, that kind of thing. Um, so our little like triathlete brand is just this little tiny part. <laughs> Obviously we're much, you know, triathlon, as I'm sure you're aware, is a much smaller thing than, than running or cycling or backpacking. So it's less than backpacking. Oh, I mean, think about how many people hike and go on camping trips and all that kind of thing. I'm pondering that right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get. So are are triathletes at the bottom of the the no, numbers? No. No. We're not. I mean, we're we're not. We're very important. Obviously. I'm just saying, in the scheme of the size of things, yeah. you know, triathlon's obviously pretty small. So. How well? I'll, this is relative. How has triathlon grown since you've come mm-hmm. into only as a, or on uh, as an athlete and also as being involved with triathlete magazine, how have you seen it grow? Sure. When I started, I did it in college. Um, and so back then, uh, do you, I don't know if you guys remember Tri California was like the race is the race director out in, I went to school in California is the race director out there. And they were considered like the big corporate company. Uh, and now, now they're considered like the small local one, because obviously like Ironman's gotten really big. So, so it's just very funny to see kind of, you know, back in the day, there was this race where people like, it was in somebody's backyard, you know, like there were, that was, that was the big race in town. So it's obviously gotten a lot bigger. Um, I think, you know, I remember volunteering at things that were, you know, the iron distance event for the whole area. And now, um, you know, there's, there's dozens and dozens of Ironman events. Uh, I think there's like 140, 70.3s in the world. And that's just, that's literally been in the last 10 years. Um, a 70.3 didn't even exist as a distance when I start, right? Like that wasn't a thing. Um, so that's been really interesting. There was this period where I just like kind of, I don't know, quit this, you know what I mean? Like I went and did other things for a couple of years. I didn't really do triathlon and I came back and it was so competitive. Like four years, like it had just gotten very, very intense, like very competitive in that time, um, which has all been, which is great, but also been just like really interesting to watch. So, 
Well, we're kind of sliding towards the triathlon thing for a minute, so let's stay with this. How how did you become a triathlete? Give us your story on sure. how you got into this lifestyle. Uh, so I ran, I actually, I didn't really know how to ride a bike. I didn't ride a bike, uh, but I ran in high school and I probably would have run in college, uh, but I had mono. Um, so I just, I you you can't walk onto a team or or get a, you know, with mono. And so when I was like, hey, I'm better, I, I want to try something, um, I tried a lot of different things. And then like my boyfriend at the time, husband now is, was on the triathlon team. And I, Todd, I like went and like secretly practiced swimming and biking. Cause I was like embarrassed, you know, to like, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get better before I come out. Um, but the college try, and this is like, I did club college try not, you know, like what is the NCAA effort now? Um, so club college try is obviously like it's not into right any like anyone can show up like you can show up you don't know how to ride a bike I didn't know how to ride a bike and I showed up um so it's really really fun if anyone you know doesn't know about the like the club college scene it's super fun super welcoming uh and so that's kind of how I got into it at Berkeley um and Berkeley has a really good team if you know anything kind of about the big college club seat you know teams um they kind of take you under their wing teach you how to do everything uh, and so that's, that's how I started. And then I raced a little bit after college, I would say, I think like that kind of after college, you know, mid twenties, late twenties, and the sport is still like this, like there's really a, a hole, you know, like there isn't a lot. So I, there aren't other people your age, there isn't really like a thing for you. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of disappear for a while there, you know, they start working, they start doing other stuff and that happened to me too. And then I, um, came back. Uh, five, six years ago. I wanted to do an Ironman before I turned 30. That was my, that was okay. my idea. Yeah. So I did an Ironman and then, uh, and then I actually started racing with just some college kids again while I was doing a grad school program. And that was really fun again. Right. Cause that was really like, oh yeah, there's people I like, you know what I mean? Like there was people around again, whereas all through your twenties, like there just hadn't been people my age. Um, and so racing with the college kids again was really fun. It was just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't super, I mean, it was super serious, but you know what I'm saying? It was also like, and then we go out for drinks after and, and I, and, uh, and so I just like had a lot of fun and that helped me get back into it. And, um, as it's been like a lot more fun this time around, I guess, like a lot more, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to find your, find your group of people. Yeah. Are you, what, what all have you done? I mean, you mentioned an Ironman, uh, did you do Ironman Boulder? Uh, no, I don't do great at elevation. <laughs> like, okay. Um, I have done, I did Ironman Canada as my first one back when it was in Whistler. It's not there anymore. Back to um, the original spot, right? Right. Now it's back to Penticton and, uh, which sounds really awesome, but I can't get into Canada right now. So, right. <laughs> right. Um, and then I've done, I did, uh, Wisconsin, which I love Wisconsin. I don't know if anyone's, it's my fa- It's by far my favorite. Um, and that qualified me for Kona. So I've done Kona. And then after, um, doing Kona, I actually, uh, took my elite license because, um, because, you know, I thought it was like, I'd qualified a number of times for it. I was like winning, uh, the age group race. And so I wanted to, you know, move up, move up and, and challenge myself. And, and I also do think it's really important. I wanted to give other people a chance to win the age group too. You know, 
if that makes sense. It does. Well, <laughs> I understand it. I've never done that. So I don't know what that feels like, but I understand what you're saying. And as you're speaking right there, I'm thinking, well, I need her to coach me to get better at this <laughs> stuff. You know, what was, um, what was, what was qualifying and doing Kona like for you? Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, and I don't know, I mean, maybe other people have had this experience, but I basically came out of, uh, grad school and I had this kind of, you know, I had some work lined up, but I didn't have it. So I was like, I have three months till Ironman Wisconsin. I went to my coach at the time. Or I found a coach. I, she was, I knew her. Um, and I was like, look, I'll do whatever you say for three months. Let's see how this goes. Right? Like, let's just see, let's see if I can get better. Right. Like, let's see how much I can improve. And, uh, and I think I skipped like two workouts in three months. You know what I mean? Like I did everything. And, um, and so I went into Wisconsin. I was over an hour faster than the Ironman I had done a year before. That makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just solid, consistent training, doing everything just had, I had a huge improvement, like massive improvement. Um, and at the time this like varies, but that year Ironman Wisconsin didn't have a pro field. Uh, so, and I'm in the 30 or I was in the 30, 34 age group, which is a very competitive. So you're basically at the front of the race then, um, which is, I don't know, really, really fun. Like I highly oh, recommend wow. it. Right? That's great. So people are cheering for you. You know, I would think it was like me and one other girl were kind of the first people up like the big hill in Wisconsin. And so there's all these people out in costumes and you're like the first two women and you know, they're screaming and it's, it's super fun. Like I always joke, like you ever get the chance, like highly recommend it. Like it's, it's, it's just really like, and I don't, I think I like didn't stop laughing all day. You know what I mean? Like it was just really fun. Um, and so Kona like, wasn't my goal, if that makes sense going into yeah. that. I just was like, Hey, I want to just do everything I can training wise, go in knowing I'm really, really fit and see what I'm like. I wanted to break 11 hours at the time. Like that was my, and I broke it by a lot, but, and, and my parents, I also, I don't, um, my aunt and uncle lived like a mile away from the course and my parents had driven up and so they're all like out there so it was just it was just like probably the most fun I've ever had at a race so it's interesting I, I, I by no stretch of the imagination am I obviously downgrading doing <laughs> Kona okay because um, I can hear all the triathletes out there going what are you talking about but I, it seems like, and this is not the right word either, but it's the word that comes to mind. I don't want to call it anticlimactic, but it's almost like a, an afterthought or a, it, right. it doesn't, you're really focusing on what got you there and the, the work you put into getting there as opposed to what it was like to do what you actually worked so hard to get there for. If that, you know what I'm asking you? Oh, it's for a, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interest, interesting perspective because most people would start talking about doing the actual Kona event, and you're talking about all the excitement of doing the other one that got you there. Well, I gotta say, Wisconsin was way more fun than Kona. Kona's not, I mean, I'm sure people love it, but for it's it's brutal, right? Like, it's yeah. not fun out there on the Queen K. You're, it's, you do it for other reasons, you know? You do it for, for the experience and for the challenge and for all of that. Um, I don't I, know. Yeah. I was going to say that I wonder if this is, was like it for you. Um, when you get off, when you're running, it's one thing to bike the Queen K, you know, right, right. but whatever. So you start running. The thrill of running on Halihi Drive, both out and back, is amazing. 
But once you turn on the Queen K for that run out there, boy, that is a whole other mindset, isn't it? Oh, it's empty. It's I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty pretty empty out there. So the the word you use, empty, right there, would describe it to a T. And I that's where the mental fortitude comes into mm-hmm. to this, which I think is applicable to life in general. You know, when you have a goal, it's your mindset that's going to get you there, and definitely. That last, what, 16 miles or whatever of that mm-hmm. run is all mental, for sure. Was it? Was that experience like that for you out there? Oh, for sure. I um, I mean, I'm sure lots of it. This isn't, like, unique. I had, like, heat stroke. And so I remember very dis- – I tell a lot of people the story. But I went through an aid station around 15 or 16, mile 15 or 16. And just – I mean, I went through it, and I just, like, projectile vomited. Like, every – like, just everywhere. And, uh, and I remember sta- – and I literally – you know, you're out of it. I was standing there. And I was like, I guess I'm done. Like, I just literally was thinking like, I don't, I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm not finishing. Right. Like, I, I don't know what else. And this girl running by just yelled, I don't even know her. She just yelled, keep going. Come on. And I was like, okay, she says I should keep going. I guess I'll keep like, I, it was, you know, how you're so out of it. Like someone else, I literally thought, well, she seems like she knows what I should do. Okay. And so I just kept running. And I mean, at that point it really was like, just make it to, I mean, literally like make it to that gas station up there, make it to that intersection. Like, for three miles, all I want to do is like make it to the special needs bag, right? And then it was just like, just make it to that. And it was just like step by step. I mean, I ended up actually like, I actually did. Oh, I mean, I got, <laughs> I got passed in the last two miles and I, but I ended up actually doing okay. I was like 10th in my age group, but in the, in the time for me personally, in my head, it was like, just finish, just get to each step along the way. Um, Cause that's all you can really do for sure. Have you, so you've done it once, did you say, right? Yeah, yeah, I did it once. And then I turned, I took my elite license and I raced uh, pro for a couple of years. I haven't done an Ironman now in three or four years, so. Any desire to do any oh, Ironman I'm doing, uh, I'm doing one in two weeks, so. Okay, <laughs> which one? Doing Coeur d'Alene in two weeks. Okay. Um, which should be really, I'm actually really, like, it should be really fun. It was supposed to be my first one when I did Canada. Instead, I had an accident and had to, uh, def, you know, defer, transfer. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be a great course. I have a ton of friends doing it. So it should be really, really fun. The swim is cold out there. I okay. know that. I did it the first year, the first year they had it, or maybe the second. Um, that got, and that race hasn't gone on for quite some time. Yeah, at the full it's been distance. missing for us. So a friend and I were just texting, did you know there's 7,000 feet of climbing? Like, what? <laughs> right. So. It's beautiful out there, though, as you know. It'll be good. Um, so one thing you mentioned earlier about when you first got into this, that you were biking and swimming on your own to get ready. Right. And it's, um, I'm curious as to your mindset of doing that, because triathletes are very welcoming, supportive. You just talked about that, about the girl on the run course, keep going or whatever. It's very supportive yet. I, it's like that sense of um, self-esteem or whatever, or I'm not good enough for this yet that we tend to say, well, I'll do some of this on my own first. And I wonder now that you've been in the sport, if somebody was coming into this, how you would help them see that it's everybody's accepted at whatever level they're at yeah i mean for sure now i mean i've had a ton of friends um you know not in like not triathlon friends where i'm the person they know that does triathlon so they ask me like they want to do their first race their first half their first ironman whatever and so i've had a ton of friends ask me and they're always very nervous about it like you say they're like well i don't want to show up and be and i 
oh, I mean, you're now you know, right? Now you're like, no, 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 like you can show up, it's fine, no one can like it's not a big deal, like you can't get dropped in the pool, like that's not a thing, so it doesn't matter. Everyone you show up on a group, you know, I mean, obviously, like there are group rides you don't want to show up to in the world. Like there are men's cycling group rides I still don't show up to. Right. But you show up with friends to ride, like no one's gonna drop you. It's fine. like obviously you know that now, and that's what I tell all my all these people that always ask me about coming out um but for sure at the time in college thinking like oh i want to go out for the college club team my last experience had been on like a high school swim team where i wasn't like in shape going in and it was very terrible you know it was terrible it was not pleasant um and i felt you know like I couldn't keep up. I couldn't read the, keep up with the intervals. The coach was mean, you know, all those things. And so I was obviously, yeah, like, well, I'm going to get in shape first and then show up. So, right. Right. How, how has being a triathlete helped you be a better writer working at triathlete magazine? I mean, how, again, like how was being involved in this? I call it the lifestyle. How's this lifestyle helped you be better at your profession? I actually was reading a study yesterday. I just said this to you about uh, it was a like a doctorate study on uh, triathlon and a- academic success. It was all about like how what lessons people apply. Um, because there are certainly, I mean, I actually wrote something about this earlier this year. Kind of what lessons we can learn from triathlon and endurance sports generally that apply to life. And there are a ton, you know, about like problem, like all the things we learn about, like problem solving, taking things one step at a time, like dealing with whatever comes up. Um, I also think there's a lot of things you learn that probably you shouldn't apply to life, right? Like pushing Push, through injuries, yeah, like, like taking things yeah. too serious, all, all that, that stuff, stuff right? right. Um, so, you know, it's a mixed bag, I think sometimes. I also think, I mean, I don't think you could be the editor triathlete and not do triathlete. Like you have to know the community, but for sure too, sometimes like it's a small community and I'm trying to think how to say it, but like, we can get very fishbowled, right? Um, about yeah. you know what's important, what's not important. So, what's the hardest lesson you've learned by being a triathlete? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, now I'm like thinking about because I you like usually it's it's kind of like there's this whole I always joke there's this whole thing where like you have to problem solve in races, right? Like you have to be like, okay, is this a problem I need to fix? How do I fix it? Can I fix it? What do I do? Right. And that's like very, very useful. But then my husband, makes me, what you also learn sometimes from that is like to just ignore certain things, right? Like you just, this isn't something I'm going to deal with right now. I'm just not going to worry about it. And then in life, obviously there are things you should not ignore. <laughs> like you shouldn't just be like, oh, I'm just going to ignore that. It's not a problem. Like, um, whereas, you know, in actual life, you probably should uh, not ignore like the pain in your leg and keep running true that's immediate that. yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i think i think all of us have learned that lesson the hard way right, right. that mentality of all oh, just work through it usually doesn't work right you know? right do you do you think you could be a writer at triathlete had you not been or are not a triathlete is that um, a prerequisite well we certainly have writers who are not to be clear like we have writers who like their expertise is in health or nutrition or something else um for sure so i get so so that happens um but we most of our editors even if they're not i mean 
we don't like hire people based on their their speed or anything like that would right. be crazy but they have they like, know and understand the community um and that is definitely important um because if you don't you know understand the community then then like what you're saying doesn't necessarily make sense or resonate true uh i'm just thinking of these i never you know <laughs> script these questions out they come to me as i'm going um what's been the mo and i'm Sounds like not a good question to ask, but what what's the most um, extraordinary or thought provoking story you've covered, and why mm-hmm. was it? It's interesting. Um, in terms of people, like different people stories, there's been like all kinds of crazy, inter- you know, there are lots of interesting people in triathlon. Um, one that comes to mind immediately, just because it was kind of funny. A friend of mine did uh set the FKT fastest known time. You know what that means? Like uh like on a, a long on the long trail in Vermont. And I only I like knew about this because she's a friend of mine. Um, but I wrote about it and uh and it went kind of viral. It like it like weirdly went vi- because she had like eaten Taco Bell on the trail because that was like the only thing she could stomach and and it got like picked up by ESPN and also, and so all, you know, it was just really, it was, that was just really interesting. Like what people focus on. Interesting. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I hadn't heard of that. Would you, it's the fastest known. Oh, FKTs are, um, they blew up last year because there were no races. It's called like the fastest known time. So it means like I did the Grand Canyon rim to rims, a very popular one, right? in the fastest time anyone knows right and this has become a much bigger it used to be like you had to have somebody like right like it was like you just told someone what your watch said but now obviously with the gps and strava and all that um you can record it and there's this there's an official process to like document your fkt and they are quite competitive some of them you know that are popular and well known like the grand canyon one is very like, I think the guy, did, like the guy who has the FKT for the Grand Canyon, I mean, it's crazy. He like went there and back in like five hours or something. So, wow. yeah. It's crazy. That's, yeah. that's one thing that's I've realized in this. It's no matter what you've done, somebody's done something more. <laughs> exactly. Right? And it's not just more on a little level. It's this thing that you're like, what? But nothing surprises me anymore what people are doing in this. Oh no, no. You know, it's a it's a testament to the the human spirit and the the motivation behind why people are doing what they're doing. For sure. And I think last year people came up with a lot of their own challenges, right? Because we didn't have races. And so a lot of people came up with, you know, their own this is why FKTs got popular last year, but like they came up with their own like routes and made up challenges and things to do. So did going through, you know, the epidemic or, God, I'm so tired of using that word, but, pandemic, you know, go, yeah. right, whatever it is, you know, going through all that, did it, did it alter your, your lifestyle at all? Did it? Yeah. Did it, um, I mean, for sure. Obviously, like there was a long period there where I didn't see, I mean, I think everyone had this, right, where you didn't see as many people as you normally would see. You didn't, other than on Zoom, um, you didn't have like the regular kind of groups like training groups or races or events or travel you know all that stuff so it was definitely like less people um once we shifted to working from home obviously like if you if you had already worked from home which I had in the past then you kind of it wasn't 
that different. You know what I'm saying? Like you still were able to go, like you still trained and then you worked from home. I think for people who um, like the thing they did was hang out at nightclubs, it probably changed their life more, but we could keep trading. And, and so it wasn't as big a deal for sure. Yeah. I found that too. It didn't alter really what I was doing. I still did the same stuff, but you're right. Like the, um, the interaction with other human beings, that is one thing I noticed that I, I missed a lot, you know, I yeah. mean, not drinking and hanging out in clubs anymore, you know, for me it was like, well, I don't do that anymore, but just the, the interaction of people, even at racing for recovery, our support group meetings, we actually just got them started okay. uh, last night again was the first time in what, almost a year and a half that we had our support group meetings. And that's what started this whole thing. And it got to the point where we were getting used to not having them. Right. So now to have people starting to come back in and you're not wearing a, you know, a spacesuit or anything around people, it's, it's been refreshing again to get back to somewhat normalcy. I think there's also, I mean, I, we, this is like a joke, but I think people, it's also true. Like there's an amount where a lot of us have also forgot like how to do social interactions. Like I was at something and you're trying to arrange, like, let's meet here. Like let's, and it just, you know, it was so complicated. And I was like, was it always this complicated to make plans with somebody? And they're like, I think it was, I think we just forgot how to do it. (laughs) Right. Do you want, so what, what stories are you working on now with, with triathlete? What's coming up and what's interesting? Sure. I mean, the Olympics is, uh, coming up. If you, if you don't know that, uh, which is huge and I don't know if anyone's been following it, but the, the final qualification is kind of happening right now. Um, they'll announce the team on Wednesday and it's, uh, super interesting because some people, you know, in this, this, this year extra, really changed the landscape. Some people have qualified and popped up and won and are even now like medal favorites who a year ago, like might not have made the team. Um, which is just, I think super, super interesting. Um, and so we've been following that a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, a number of the, the, the Olympian, the people making the team are here in Boulder. I like see them all the time. And, um, and so, you know, and, and I'm rooting for them. And so, you know, we've been obviously following that and we're putting together our Olympics issue right now, magazine issue. So that'll be hitting everybody in the next like four weeks soon um, to kind of like lay out what you should watch, how you should, you know, follow it, um, all that stuff. And, uh, and I'm pretty, I mean, I know it's not like it could still get, but I think the Olympics, I'm pretty excited about the Olympics. I think it'll be fun. That's good to see. At least things are going on. You know, and it, it, since you, we started talking, I realized how, how narrow my mindset is with triathlon in general. Like when you were talking about colleges, college teams, it's like, well, I was never on one. I don't know much about them. And now you're talking about the Olympic stuff and everything. Obviously, I know about the triathlon being involved in the Olympics. But if it's not Ironman or half right. Ironman distance, it's like, I don't even, I'm not in tune with it. And, and listening to you, I'm like, I got to broaden my, my own involvement with this sport of ours, you know? I mean, the, I mean, it used to be called ITU style and they've changed their name now. Like, but the Olympic level racing, I mean, a lot of people don't follow it until the Olympics happen. So you have to, you know, explain like, it's different. It's draft legal, there's strategy. There's a relay this year that has a whole different strategy to it. So, um, Sorry, there's a it's a weird relay. It's each person does a mini triathlon and then hands on to the next person. So there's like all this. So, you know, we we do actually spend a lot of time trying to 
like let people understand how that all works and and get them kind of the information they need for sure. That's good. Do you and you were you mentioned earlier? I think if I heard you correctly, was it 120 70.3s that are around the world now? Yeah, it's something like that. It might be. It's yeah, it's it's around that. And I only know that because somebody asked me recently. But yeah, it's up there. And it seems that that is becoming the the popular, the distance. popular distance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I when I got into it, just like you, they they were calling it the half Iron Man. I don't even know if that term is allowed anymore, but that that was the term back right. then. And at one point, I had a goal of of doing all the Ironmans and all the halves, and it was attainable. <laughs> <laughs> and that went out the window a few years yeah. ago. It's just it, the whole thing has exploded. But the it's good to see people getting into it at the half Ironman distance. Oh yeah, I heard a story one time um, that when they launched the uh, that the seventy point three, the first one was actually they had decided on the seventy point three name, uh, but then they launched the first one was actually in Europe. Seventy point three doesn't mean anything. It's not like the the miles, right? So they're like, do this thing with this name that doesn't make sense. This was the Ironman CEO saying this, like joking, to this world championship race that we haven't decided where it's going to be yet, and it's never happened. They were like. They were like, this is crazy. This is never going to work. They thought no one would want to do it. And it actually like completely, you know, super popular. So I just interviewed a girl who, this is, I mean, there's a ton of motivational stories out there, but I was so inspired by this girl. She actually came to racing for recovery about 12 years ago because her boyfriend was battling drug addiction. Mm And she heard other people talking about Iron Man and so forth. And from that, decided to start doing one herself. And she was at uh, Ironman in Virginia with me last last weekend. She didn't make the, the time cutoff per se, but the her story and uh, what she overcome with adversity prior to coming to the race and then on race day was so inspiring to me. It wasn't, it's not about the finish or the time. It's her mindset of mm-hmm. doing it. She said, I'm I'm a success by doing this just because I'm not quitting. And I I felt, you know, relieved almost that um, sometimes we can get so hung up in how fast somebody is going, which is a great accomplishment, but really focusing on why people are doing this sport in the first place. And it was very, it was just a thrill to talk to her doing that. You know, she talked about her her kids and how her daughter wanted her to make sure she wore a wetsuit for safety and that the the girl forgot her wetsuit on race (laughs) race morning and was panicking about it. So there's so many different um, factors as to why people are coming into triathlon. And those are the stories that really are inspiring to me to keep going. Yeah. We have one up today on our site about a guy who, um, had cancer and had to have one of his lungs removed. And so he thought, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be like an active runner anymore. Like I did, I have to get my lung removed to be here for my family and I'll give up the active. Uh, anyway, but he actually, uh, just finished St. George 70.3, like a month ago, wow. um, it's come back. And I mean, yeah, like he was like, he didn't make the time cut off, but he didn't quit. He like, right. and you know, with one lung, that's pretty intense. So, right. <laughs> right. And you, you know, you hear stuff like that. And for me, and this isn't obviously a criticism any, of anybody, it's a, hopefully a motivational thing. It's like you hear something like that and why somebody, you know, can't get up and just go for a walk every day right, right. after hearing a guy with one lung that does a half Ironman. It's like, well, 
okay, I can get, I can move a little bit today, you know? <laughs> right. Um, anything else you want to share about your, your, your racing or involvement with triathlete that people need to know? Uh, no, I mean, we are based here in Boulder, obviously, um, Boulder's, you know, a hot spot for triathlon. We've been here for a long time. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great little community and, uh, and yeah. And, you know, I think we're going to do a lot of fun things with triathlete and, uh, and people, oh, I mean, I always say this, but people can always come talk to me. They always do because triathlon is triathlon. So right. everyone always comes talk to you. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but I have yeah. the, the, art, the magazine that you had us in there a few months ago, which I greatly appreciate, you know, being in that. It's awesome to see that. But For sure. I appreciate you coming on today, my friend. And um, where else are you going to be this year? You've got Boulder coming up, but what else are you well, doing? Well, yeah, so I'm doing Coeur d'Alene in two weeks. And you know how Ironman training goes. You're like, I can't think past that. Um, I hope, I'm hoping to do Alcatraz later this year. That's one of my favorite races. And it was supposed to be their 40th last year. Um, so they kind of had to like defer it to this year. It is, if you've never done it, it's a soup. It's a great race. Um, and then I will be, I'm not, I can't race it, but I will be at age group nationals in Milwaukee, uh, which I know like a lot of people are excited about. Um, cause we, you know, we have a partnership with USA triathlon. So we'll be there kind of doing stuff with them and it'll be fun. You know, uh, you're the second person today today that brought up Alcatraz. The lifeguard okay. at the pool this morning said to me, dude, are, you know, you need to do Alcatraz. And you I'm, need to do it, yeah. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, there's sharks out there. I mean, it's crazy I'm saying this, but are, are you worried about the creatures and swimming out yeah, there? Yeah, I mean, so the first, so I've done it six times now. And I've done this because we used to live there. And I've done the swim a number of times. And I, that would used to, like, I did the practice a number of times before the race because I was very, that freaked me out. I was very, I get very stressed about sea life. Very, like, it's kind of a joke how stressed out I get. But, yeah. um, and I actually end up swimming really fast because I'm so worried about it. <laughs> okay. so, <laughs> but it's actually, I mean, it's never, to be clear, like, there are challenges to that swim. Um, but they're more about like the waves out there yeah. and like the sighting and it's cold. Like that's actually much, much yeah. harder. Like you won't see any sea life. No one, ever, cause there's a lot of boats out there and kayakers and a lot of safety personnel. Um, but it, so yeah, it's not, you won't actually see any sharks to be clear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do they, do you still, do you jump off a boat out yeah. there? Is that how, wow. Okay. So that's really fun too. You get to like jump off a boat and then you get to like swim to shore, um uh they like the bike's really fun because you know they shut down roads in san francisco it's like so you're biking through you know up and down and you know san francisco is very hilly so you're, it's like up and down and around you get to run out the beach up these stairs it's it's a really fun race so is that uh that's probably pretty tough to get into now i assume correct it's a lottery so oh, they boy. open the lottery why yeah i think i just got an email i think they like reopened it or whatever wait list you know rolling down to the wait list so i should have uh i should have done that all those years ago yeah. when it was first out there you know well and kelly i really appreciate you coming on and again thanks for having us in, in triathlete magazine and um i look forward to seeing you out there someday sure great thanks for talking all right take care bye bye Thanks for joining us on another episode of Ignite Euphoria. Until next time, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And, or if you or a loved one is battling 
drug addiction, or self-destructive behaviors, give us a call, 419-824-8462. Thank you.